Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and I'm sitting here with Jessica Dabrowski, and she is an incredible, incredible coach, but I, we had this kind of conversation and we were connected because, um, we have a mutual friend and he was like, I think you two would be great together. Um, because she's not only, not only did she start this, her, her journey and, and her career kind of in a, a more Western way where she was going to be a science professor. So she had a lot of this, you know, very traditional background of knowledge but then she actually had more of an emotional and kind of spiritual awakening, which allowed her this aha moment to where it brought her closer to her purpose, which is to actually be a self-love coach, which who doesn't need a little more self-love, first of all. Um, but, but what some of her discovery and, and her journey was that people are suffering from a lot of things like anxiety, depression, toxic relationships, and things like that. And the root of it, is actually a lack of self-love. And so Jessica is such such a light and I'm so grateful that she's here with us today. So thank you so, so much for being here, Jessica. Yeah, and thank you, Shalene, for having me. And yeah, our friend, um, Joe, that connected us together, he, I mean, he could just tell like from your energy, from my energy is like, hey, you guys need to have a conversation. And so I'm really excited to be chatting with you and to be sharing what I have um, yeah, with your listeners, with everyone listening to your podcast too. So yeah, thank you so much for bringing me on. Yeah, I am. Um, she also has a podcast. If you guys um, are love, are huge advocates of podcasts, I know that's either like your thing or it's not. Um, <laughs> the Anxiety Askers podcast is her podcast. If you want to check her out, um, just to kind of throw that out there for you guys. But um, one of the the things that I think is so interesting and I've kind of talked a lot about this on on some other podcasts and platforms it's kind of the self-love movement in general so I would actually love to know a little bit of your history of of how um I I think a little bit more in depth because it's not like you're like you know what I want to teach I want to teach people how to love themselves I feel like (laughs) there's always a story behind how you get to that point like so I'd love to know a little bit more about your story um, yeah, so my story and like my desire to help people improve their relationships with themselves and with the world around them did not come from, it didn't come from the social media movement of like, take care of yourself and love yourself. Like, no, that's, that's kind of something I found later, um, which we can totally talk about that movement, but where it really came from for me was it came from seeing how much a lack of loving myself was impacting my life um and how that was also something that i was carrying not only on my own on my own shoulders but that i was carrying that from like generations before me and everything and so really the the turning point for me you mentioned you know this like emotional and spiritual awakening that i had um that happened for me 
when I was starting, starting grad school. So that was about three, four years ago now. Um, I have since now left that. Um, I was on my way to becoming an earth science professor. I was in a PhD program for ocean chemistry and ocean science, all that kind of stuff. And in that program, it was about a year after my dad had passed away. Um, and my dad was an alcoholic like my whole life. And so he died when he was only 48 years old, which was like my senior year of college. And at that point in my life, I mean, I never had a great relationship with him. He was like verbally and emotionally abusive towards me. The term that I've discovered that I really identify with that a lot of my clients and people I speak to also identify with is that I, you know, had a roof over my head. I had food on the table, but like emotionally I was an orphan in my home. Um, and so my parents, I have goosebumps all over my body. Um, like my parents did not know how to hold that space for me. Like emotionally, they didn't know how to accept me like as I was. Um, and I was very much raised with the like work harder, do better, improve. It was always about like changing some part of me. Like, and I was raised with the not good enoughness energy. Um, so I was raised in that like lack. I was raised in that scarcity. We didn't have a lot of money and all of that either. Um, and so my, my dad himself, I realized that he, one of the reasons he drank and one of the reasons that I even like decided basically like avoided grieving him um, and just avoided kind of myself in general and avoided all my feelings in general because I didn't know how to hold enough space because he didn't know how to hold enough space for me. And that's something that I inherited and I started carrying and that he drank to cover up the fact that he didn't love himself. He hated himself physically. And you could see that in the way that he was really unhealthy and the way that he treated his body in the job that he had. I mean, he had a job that was very labor intensive. Like he was a light maintainer for the New York city subways. Mm -hmm. And so like he was literally working in a tunnel all the time. Right. And so he worked in a job that he hated because he didn't believe that he was like, Oh, this is good enough. Like I make a good enough salary. I have good benefits kind of thing. Right. And kind of put up with that. He put up with, um, yeah, alcohol and bad food, like causing him to be obese. And then he died of heart failure at 48 years old. Like, he, and so I, I was like, I'm going to be the total opposite of my dad. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm like, I'm not going to be anything like him. And a year into a year and a half into grad school, I realized I was going down the same road. Sure. I was, I was not overweight. I was actually kind of flipped the other way where I was dieting too much and I was exercising too much. And that was again, coming from that place of like self-hatred. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to settle for a job that is so labor intensive. And so I went into like an academic job, but then I was like still overworking there and I was still putting myself through misery. And I was actually very, still very depressed and unhappy in grad school. Same energy, just different outlet. Yeah. 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 And so I saw in myself and then my partner who I'm currently with three years, three and a half years ago, he broke up with me because I, he felt like I was dragging him down as well. He's like, I don't know how to help you. Like I, I was just like emotionally dumping and stuff on him. I had a very codependent relationship with him, even though he was my first like non-abusive partner in my life. Right. And so it was, even I was in these healthier things, like fitness and academic job in a healthier relationship my low self-esteem was like darkening it all 
And that like work and acting from that core was my problem. I was trying to fix all these external things. I was trying to fix all the outside stuff. Don't, don't we all like, Hey, I'm just gonna, that's why people are like, you know what? I'm just gonna move States. I'm just gonna start a new job. Like, yeah, that's why I always joke. I'm like, the grass is, is only green where you water it and don't be fooled by AstroTurf. Like, like, you know what I mean? It looks green. It looks, but are you yeah. really going, what's on going on in, in the soil and you know, underneath the surface? Yeah. And so I was diet, like technically diagnosed with, I, with, um, like generalized anxiety disorder, high functioning anxiety, clinical depression, all those things or like high functioning depression, because on the outside I had, you know, I had a, um, successful career. I had a, um, like a relationship with a healthy partner. We did break up for a time though. Um, and on, I looked healthy on the outside, but on the inside, I was so unhappy. And so it's from there where I realized like, Hey, I need to do some inner work. I really need to deeply like learn to care for myself and to stop doing everything out of this place of self-hatred and self-judgment and the overwork. Like I was like, I have to flip everything upside down. Um, and so that's where for me, like I started to learn to love myself. Um, and that was also when I was first exposed to like, you know, the self-love movement and self-care movement on social media and all that. And I was seeing that and I was like, there's something missing here. Right. Cause I was in this place, I was in this really low place of hating myself and seeing everyone being like, Oh, make sure, you know, you allow, allow yourself to rest and give yourself bubble baths and, mm. and, and this kind of stuff, like, or, you know, write in your journal and, and use more positive language and talk about get to do lists instead of have to do. And I was like, ah, this feels so fucking sticky. Like it just was like this, I'm making this motion with my hands for anyone who can't see it. Like <laughs> it looks like she's holding something heavy, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And that I, I realized the disconnection was that there's not enough like talk about just acceptance mm. and just allowance and awareness and that those were the pieces that like I figured out because I had started listening to like motivational podcasts, personal development ones. They're all talking about self-care and I was like, something's missing. And I realized what was missing and I like very clearly saw that process for myself of like, hey, acceptance and neutrality is this middle step. I realized it's like, oh, well, I have a process. Um, and so I just knew that I needed to share that with other people because it's like, I kind of figured out a lot of missing pieces that, that all of these things outside of me, like didn't have. And I was like, I need to share this with other people because there's steps missing for them there. And I don't want someone else to see, like if they're feeling terrible about themselves to see all that, like positive psychology, all of that. And then all the love and light and then feel like there's something wrong with them because they can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really long winded way of me answering that question. I don't even fucking know oh, what the question was. It was so good. <laughs> no, I, I asked about your journey from, yeah. from um, getting to that place. And I, I also find it so interesting because you, it is very much um, like uh, all the things you're saying. I was like, yes, yes. It goes uh, very much along with a lot of my teachings as far as energy and things like that. Because when you often see things one way, you see, okay, this doesn't work for me. So, and I was having this conversation the other day with somebody else about, because that feels so wrong, anywhere that feels like the opposite and acceptance feels right, even if it's a very sw far swing the other way. So what happens is you 
it's very common to kind of almost experience both polarities before finding the neutrality because neutral means that you might have to accept some of the things or be okay with some of the things that you're like, I don't really quote unquote like vibe with or whatever. Um, you know, it's like, it's like the, the people that are like, you can't have any alcohol. You can't have any of this. Like you can't have it. And it's like when there's judgment around it is the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what creates the separation. It's, it is like exactly what you're saying, the acceptance and things like that, that actually bring you to this space of love, that bring you to this space of giving yourself grace for being a human. And just, there are things that you're going to make, you know, choices and you're like, not my best choice. But instead of treating yourself like shit or, you know, finding these coping mechanisms and these way to kind of numb out of the experience, allowing yourself to experience that, like, you know, not feeling held or heard or seen, not feeling valued. And that's okay to feel that way and not meet it then with, again, kind of this opposite aggression. You know what I mean? Whereas one may be like, I'm going to ignore you and then swing the opposite and be like, I'm going to tell you all the things. Instead, you can be like, I'm going to share when I feel comfortable. And that's the neutral point, you know, And, and a lot of people have a hard time getting to that. So I think you really tapped into something so beautiful that so many people need. Yeah. Um, and really like the, the core of what it is that has been really important for me and what it is that I teach is, is releasing that judgment and being in that, like just being space. Like I was always doing, I was always performing. I was like, I had so much, either things were really great or things were really bad. Right. And so coming to this more neutral centered point, like it's, you know, the words of, groundedness, neutral, like calm, peace, ease, like all of those came from allowance and increasing how much space I held for myself, which is exactly the opposite of what I had when I was a kid. And as I was developing, right, I realized what I was missing is I was missing space to be myself and I was missing acceptance. And that that is like the, the core of, of love is that. Right. Love also includes like, yeah, providing and, and stuff like that. But that the piece that I was missing was really that, that space. Um, and my journey of, you know, how, how did I leave this track of becoming a professor and then doing what I do now, being a healer and a coach and teaching people how to have more acceptance for themselves. Like that came from like, that's something I knew that was in me, but I kind of just like was trying to fit into the box of being a professor um, just because that was a, an, a, a secure job that a lot of people around me like praised me for, oh, you're going to be a professor. That's so awesome. Right. Oh, you're so smart. You're so good at science. You're so good at math. You should definitely do that. Um, until I got there and the vision that I kept seeing was myself having this like pot of tea on my desk, like open office and being the person that held space for my students, for other people who worked in the same department as I did and being there to hear what they had to say, hear what they were struggling with and to just like allow them to be themselves and be that support system for others. And I was like, that's what I really wanted to do. And I was kind of like, okay, that's what, that's going to be my energy. And I'm also going to teach and do research and do all this stuff with that. Um, but then I was, I realized, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine at teaching, but the research was like, it was okay. And I was like, oh, what if I just take away all this stuff that 
is not really the core of what it is that I want to do and actually only do what it is that I want to do, which is holding space for other people and being that like people talk about like the way I think of it is almost like this nurturing, like mother earthly kind of energy, which is like, it's the lack of what I had is, is what I now have space and felt a calling to do for other people. And so I was like, fuck it. I need to not be a professor. And I need to make this my focus instead of wasting my energy teaching and doing research, which are both important things, but it's not for me. For you. Yeah. yeah. So then when, when people do you find that you attract then a lot of people that are kind of more the, the high achieving and how do you kind of, how do you facilitate that space for them to be able to express their true essence? Like how does that, Um, what does, I guess, kind of what is working with you to find that for themselves look like? Yeah. Um, actually I do, I do attract a lot of people who are, most of them are very self-motivated. They're the ones that are the ones who care for everybody else in their lives. They're the ones who are, who are the performers, who are the ones who are always looking to be accepted by other people. They're the, the good girls, as you could say. Right. And so they are, yeah, people pleasers, the, the, the supporters, the fixers. Um, those are definitely the people I attract, which makes sense because that's where I was too. Um, that was very much the role that I was fulfilling. Um, and so, and and so many of those people also do like desire to sometimes create businesses for themselves. Sometimes it's, um, they're looking to be better moms. They're looking to be better at like some role. Right. Um, and I know for me that came from, it honestly came from my conditioning of like a lack of acceptance when I was growing up, it came from a lack of acceptance from my dad and my mom. And so I like, was like, I'm going to be the best student. I'm going to be the best daughter. I'm going to be the best this and this and that to gain the acceptance and love and approval from them. Um, and that's because I didn't know how to just accept myself as I was. And so I like took so much of my energy and then was experiencing anxiety, exhaustion, overwhelm, because I was trying to fit into something that other people wanted me to be because I didn't know how to give that. I was never taught how to show that love and acceptance to myself. And so the way that I teach those people that are attracted to me, like how to, hold that space for themselves is well one first the the biggest thing i would say is realizing that any acceptance or or love that you're going to get from anyone else like anything that you're going to get on the outside whether it's awards or the approval of your parents or the approval of anyone else the approval of certain friendships that that is never going to feel as good as love and approval from yourself Um, because there are always 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 going to be people that are going to judge you that are going to be unhappy about what it is that you do. And you're better off being judged and not accepted for what feels really good to you versus what's making everybody else happy. Um, because if you're doing what it makes everybody else happy and they're, you know, maybe not judging you as much, but they're probably going to fucking judge you anyway. Um, but then you're left feeling empty and unhappy and not yourself and you're not fully expressing yourself and you're not fully accepting who you are that sucks. Right. And so it's like two hearts. It's like the hard, the the hard choice between doing what other people are expecting of you and like falling into that pressure 
or the hard choice of listening to yourself and shedding away all the layers of that pressure. Um, but listening to yourself is going to lead to a much happier life. So it's not about fixing the external. It's not about fixing the relationships, the friendships, the um, getting better performance at work or any of those kinds of external things. It's about how can we heal how you are feeling about yourself. Um, so that's the biggest thing is, yeah, realizing you are more important than what anybody else has to say. Well, what's interesting, I think, too, is the, that so much of this is, does develop in childhood. And it's not, um, I always kind of make the joke, like, we are all just very large toddlers. Like, <laughs> We're all a bunch of traumatized toddlers walking around <laughs> yeah. this earth. Yeah. yeah. Because really, when you, when you think about it, um, I was talking to a client um, the other day. And she was like, she expressed something. She's, she set a boundary and she was like, I'm, I'm doing this project um, with a family member. And I, I felt like I was being taken advantage of. So I had to set a boundary. She's like, because it didn't feel good. It felt very unprofessional. Like I'm paying them, blah, blah, blah. And because it was with the family member, of course, the, the family member is like, aggressive and irritated and like lashing out. And she's like, my first instinct was fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes. How do you think you probably, the two of you, you know, talked about things or talked about what was going on or talked about what your needs were when you were younger. Does this feel very familiar? Right? Like, you know, that's my remote. No, that's my remote. I had it first. I sat down on the couch, blah, 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 blah. I was already watching the show. Like it's the same dynamic. You're just doing it as an adult over a different experience. And really when you look at relationships like this and, and any, any life experience, not just relationships, but work, things like that, like any time you come up against something that creates some agitation, really that's an opportunity not to say bypass the agitation, but to look at why does it actually make me irritated? What parts of me are bothered by this? Because mm -hmm. it's not what they're saying because everybody in the world has has their own perception of how life should go, right? People in the UK, people in China, people, you know, like all over. And for them, that life feels right. Those choices feel good for them. And it can be day and night from what you feel is right and your morals and your values and what you feel is right. But both of us can live simultaneously without hurting one another, really. And so, when you look at that, really, it's just your perception of what is right. That means that every single person can have their truth. They can all be on their own path. Mm -hmm. And when you're choosing that, it means you allow other people to do the same. And if that means that your paths no longer cross, you also accept that the love that you have for yourself is enough and so much more than you could ever receive from outside of yourself. So you kind of stop this like clinging and like seeking behavior. Yeah. Because you no longer need it. You no longer feel the same like emotional tie and emotional um, maybe trigger is a good word. Um, like the endorphin roller coaster um, that comes with, you know, some people are just so used to a trauma response and they think that that's a good relationship. They think that arguing and making up, they're really working out their differences. And it's like, you don't actually have to argue and make up to have a good relationship. Yeah, you talk things out and communicate them effectively without arguing and it being tumultuous. You're addicted to the cycle of it getting to that point. Yeah. And, you know? and 
For sure. And a really big part of um, what I like guide my clients through is coming to this awareness point, like you're saying, right? Coming to this awareness where you're realizing it's like, oh, well, what I'm doing here or how I'm acting with this person or how I'm acting in this relationship, like, well, where is that? that pain coming from for me? Like which patterns are me like actually trying to protect myself from pain? Which patterns for me are coming from trying to feel that sameness again and again, right? So sometimes that sameness is chaos. Sometimes that familiarity is- I would say it's the devil you know. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's scarier to go on, even if it's the scariest like roller coaster, like your example, even if it's the scariest, You've already been on it. So you kind of know what's happened. It's scarier to wait in line for that roller coaster that you don't know what's happening than it is to be like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go on this one. I know it scares the shit out of me, but I know once I get through this part, I'm fine. You know? Yeah. So a big part of the process of um, teaching my clients, and that was for me as well, teaching myself how to love myself was coming to awareness around where, okay, what are the things that I'm doing that are actually hurting me? But I, my brain is just trying to be in a familiar place, right? It's the same thing. It's like, but choosing between the rock and the hard place of like the, the hard place, the, the rock was me pleasing other people in my, in my career, in how I was acting and how I was speaking and how I was being um, versus the unknown of me actually acting like myself and me actually presenting my like desire to be a healer, me actually presenting like even, even when it came to my appearance or when it came to like, I mean, it's pride month right now. So I'll definitely speak to that, but like me coming out and, and saying that I'm bisexual and talking more openly about sex and masturbation. Like that was, that was something that even just last month, my mom was like freaking out about. It's like, okay, well, I know the problem isn't me. So when people lash out at you and people judge you because you're sharing something that is your truth, they're only doing that because it's still uncomfortable. Like there's something uncomfortable for them and they're judging themselves. Right. And so that's like the biggest thing that I help my clients recognize is like, well, if anyone and how, and helping them navigate that is that if anyone is judging you, lashing out at you, expressing those kinds of negative, hurtful emotions towards you, that it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because they might be feeling pain or be triggered themselves. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot. It, it's, and, and in my, um, like when I work one-on-one and in my meant for more mastermind container coming up, the way a really big part of that is creating a community of, um, of my clients and with me to like, so we can all hold that space for each other because there is going to be a loss of relationships, a loss of old identities, a loss of old careers, a loss of the old ways that we were which hurts. It does hurt. It's still but, Yeah. But it doesn't, but it doesn't belong to us. So like really the core of what it is that I do and the way that I've seen it is, and people's like, are, are like, Oh, this personal development journey, like I'm going to be so free and easy. And like, I'm going to be so happy. Like, no, it's, it is hard and it can be really hurtful and it can be really painful um, to like find yourself and to find what's authentic to you. Like authenticity is not this like beautiful fucking fairy tale, like the way that Eat, Pray, Love like shows it, you know, that- I was like, I don't know, she, she seemed to not have such a good time on some yeah. of those. And it I think- Great time and then it wasn't. Like if you actually, like, and that's the thing is people are like, but the end, it's like, did you miss the entire movie? Then? Yeah, 
the whole the, middle. It was really great. And then I came down and then it was really great. And she showed up every day at that. Um, I think it was a monk or uh, it wasn't a monk. He was his, her teacher in, in Bali, but like yeah. she showed up every, and he's like, not ready to teach. You know, she just shows up and it's like, that is it. You have to show up for yourself every single day and not practice the habits of self betrayal that you had in the past. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of courage. And it does mean that you have to say no to things. And it does mean that you have to say yes to things that you're like, shit, this is scary, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know? Yeah. And and that's why I think it's so valuable. Like what it is that you do, what it is that I do, what it is that just all like coaches and healers and counselors and mentors do um, is helping along that process, right? When we're going through those changes, when we're going through those shifts, like we're not meant to be doing it on our own. I was actually just having a conversation with someone about this earlier today and just how important community is and how important it is to lean on others and ask for help and to reach out and to not like try to yank yourself out of your old patterns or not try to yank yourself out of the anxiety or depression or unhappiness you're experiencing um, because it, we're just not meant to do it on our own. We just aren't. It's, it, you might be able to do it by yourself. I, I don't think I could have done it by myself. Well, the I, thing is, I think your greatest teachers are through other people. You know, you yeah. can't witness where a lot of your struggles are in how <laughs> you love yourself if somebody didn't show you that you had this kind of quote unquote gap, right? Yeah. Like if you didn't through the lens of your father see that you weren't being heard, you could not then hold that for other people. And it's like our, our relationships are truly our greatest teachers because they mirror to us not only what, what we see in ourselves, like the, if, if you really admire something and, and stuff like that in somebody else, it means that that energy and that trait feels very familiar to you because you have it. On the flip side, if it's something that really bothers you about somebody else, that is also something that to be aware of because it could maybe be a tendency and stuff like that. So such a great mirror and we are designed, we are designed to live together. Humans are pack animals. Humans are designed and they literally feed off each other's energy. You know, when somebody's like really excited, they're like, Oh, you know, where you go to a concert, that's a prime example. Like people are literally paying money to be in one person's energy, right? So say it's just a single person. We're talking like Jennifer Lopez. Okay. They're just going to see JLo. Like they're literally paying to be in that vibration with all of these other people. And if somebody starts clapping next to you and jamming out and seeing like you feel lighthearted, if somebody, you know what I mean? is like, if everybody's sitting down, you also feel the need to like sit down at a concert, which who does that. But you know what I mean? Like we are, we're so receptive to all the people around us. And the more that we can, that's why if we stay in these relationships or these dynamics that inhibit us from fully expressing who we are, it will just perpetuate the cycle. You, it, you almost have to, it really helps to have somebody that witnesses you as you are first, you feel safe. And then you feel safe in other environments where you're like, okay, now I might have to break some of the, the dynamic between my family or my friends or in your, like my partner, like some of that's going to have to change. Yeah. And it feels scary to do that alone. Yeah. And I, like many of the things that I've helped carry my clients through have been um, breakups with fiancés or or husbands or partners um, have been changes in career have been just or just changes in their personality and their identity mm-hmm. right and um, that is that's 
I, it's really hard to put into words, but it's, it's like, I, I don't do that for them. That's something that my clients do like, and anyone who's going through that, like you're the one who's doing that, but sometimes you need someone to hold you while you do that. Someone just there to support you. Right. And that's like, I don't do the work for my clients. I don't do the work for other people. It's ever, you know, it's them doing the work for themselves, but it's, Hey, sometimes it's okay to lean on others. And I was scared. I was so fucking scared to lean on, lean on therapists, to lean on coaches, to lean on counselors, because when I did lean on my parents, I wasn't there. Right. I use this term emotional orphan. Like they weren't there to hold me for that. And so I was like, Oh, that means I need to do everything myself. And I was that independent person, um, which when I, when I was starting my business, like I was doing that at the same time as I was finishing my last year of grad school. Cause I told my advisor, like I'm leaving, I'm going into like mental and emotional health. Like I want to help heal other people. And so as I was transitioning outward and I had my business in grad school at the same time, I was kind of like doing it all on my own. Um, doing everything on my own. Cause I was just like, Oh, nobody understands that. Like I'm leaving grad school, especially getting backlash, like from my own mom and from my best friends, like saying that I was throwing my life away kind of thing. Um, as I was going to my true purpose. In I have so many more years, guys, I am not throwing my life away. Like yeah. people pivot all the time. Every time you get a promotion, but it's under like the guise of like, that's safe. And it's like, if you pivot into a whole new department and you totally screw it up and you're not good at it, they're not going to be like, you know what, we're just going to slide you back over. They're going to be like, we don't think you're a good fit. You're fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like choosing to pivot is, I always, uh, like, I always kind of, like, I feel like your entire life you are pivoting. That's all you ever do. Yeah. Like, and if you're really resisting it is usually the people that their life feels really hard all the time. They're the people that are really struggle with anxiety, depression, things yeah. like that, because they can't move forward and they don't love themselves where they're at. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't, I forget where I was going, but this like this energy of me, me shifting and pivoting. I like, instead of just like pivoting, it being like a constant turn, the way that I like to think of it is even the things that I did, like me studying science and going into oceanography and starting to head down the track of being a professor, like that all of those things, even if they weren't what I was meant to do, it's kind of like all of these decisions, as long as you are moving forward and you are doing something, every single action you're going to take, even if it's a fuck up, quote unquote, or a mistake, like it's all like funnel- funneling you closer to yourself. And yeah. it's kind of like a pivot constantly downwards in the spiral of like getting closer to what is feeling really true to you. As long as you're listening to like, hey, this pivot feels good or this pivot doesn't feel good. Like you don't even have to have a reason for it. It's just like, okay, it feels good or, or it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important and really powerful in me. That was what I had to listen to, um, rather than, rather than leaning so much on what my mom or what my friends and all that were saying, like they were saying like, Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. It's like, but if I know that I'm getting closer to what's true to me, like what they're saying doesn't really matter. Of course it fucking hurts. Right. But that hurt is a lot less painful than me being in something that I'm not supposed to be in and me continuing down the track of like being a, being a professor and stuff like that. So, so then um, curious, speaking of like relationships then how did you said at the time your boyfriend ended your relationship, but you're, you're back together. 
Yeah. How, how like, you don't have, I mean, obviously don't, maybe share all the details, but like, but that is, what's interesting is you keep bringing up, it's almost like you help people move through big life changes. Yeah. More love and grace. And that's a huge yeah. life change to go with, from being like, yes, we're committed to each other. No, we're not. Okay. Yes, we are. Like, yeah. how did that um, come about as you were kind of pivoting? Yeah. And so before I speak to that, just the, oh, I never had someone put it that way, but it's actually very true to what it is that I do um, is I, I help myself through those big life changes because I, well, one started to care for myself and give myself the acceptance and love that I